To Beyond, Beyond the, the Void. Void. Horror Podcast. That's right. It's episode 255, but episode three of Voidtober 2021. Ooh, spooky. Spooky. Spooky dookie. There's been a lot of fucking Halloween shit going on lately, and I hope you guys have been getting spooky out there, fucking watching all the fucking greatest horror movies ever fucking made, including the ones that we also are going to be watching this week, which are The Horror Show from 1989 and The Mangler from 1995. And boy, do we have some thoughts on some of these. And all the movies that we've been watching alongside on YouTube and on our Twitch streams, which mm-hmm. if you are not a part of it, you're missing out. We do have a lot of fun on the Twitch streams. We do. We don't have a lot of people coming right now because I don't think I do a good job of really putting myself promoting, out there. Promoting it. <laughs> I'm terrible at promotion because I just feel stupid. <laughs> Which I am stupid, so it kind of works out. Makes sense. Uh, yeah, totally. Thanks, yeah, Christina, for the backup there. Good job. She's a great host. Great co-host. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. yeah co-host. Yeah, just. <laughs> but yeah, guys, I hope you guys are having a really great holiday season and enjoying yourselves and, you know, really just embracing horror and enjoying it. Because these days online, you really just don't see it sometimes. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of people at each other's throats about every little goddamn fucking thing. Speaking of which, what did we just, I just watched. Christina didn't get to watch it. I'm actually going to watch it when we're done recording. Holy shit. I got to watch Halloween Kills. Um, I watched The Medium on Shudder. Um, I've watched I a lot watch. of fucking movies, dude. I've got like, uh, I've got like a uh, interview coming up here for tomorrow. So, um, that will be up this week, so you guys will hear it eventually on our YouTube, so please take a look out for that. Me and Ryan Prouse of Low Life and also the new VHS 94 is going to be coming on to do a YouTube video with me uh, where we're going to talk about him getting into the VHS series uh, and, and a little bit of insight behind what they were thinking oh. and, and what he was thinking doing his segment. And in he it. directed that last segment right. on VHS. Okay. He did the last segment called The Terror. That's what oh, it was. okay. Which is very vague and and intentionally done so because it's awesome. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of nuanced uh, reasons why he called it that, and we're gonna f- solve all of that. We're gonna have a spoiler-free section about it, which will be probably the shorter part, and then we're gonna get into a lot of other stuff and then what Brian's gonna be doing in the future. So if you're not following the YouTube, do it. If you're not following us on Twitch, we do Mondays, Wednesdays, and. F- Saturdays streams. So on Mondays and Saturdays, we usually do the games. And then on Wednesdays at 5 p.m. PST, 
we usually do our watch parties, which... And next Wednesday, I'll be with you for the watch party, and we'll be watching some Halloween-y movie. We got a couple of movies, One, uh, two of them. One of them is Death Machine, and then there's Death Ship. One's like a sci-fi alien ripoff, and the other one's called Death Ship. If we're awake for it, we'll try to watch both, but we usually let the chatters, the people who are with us watching, pick which movie we watch the trailer, and then we go, what do you guys want to watch? And then we watch that. As long as you have Amazon Prime, you are fucking hooked up. Right. So I'm just letting you guys know all this stuff because, like I said, I'm really bad at promoting shit, especially like with the merchandise, because I really hate pushing people to buy stuff. Like I've been a salesman most of my life, which sucks because I've actually done really good at it. But when I actually care about something, I don't really feel like selling my friends. (laughs) (laughs) So, guys, just if you can help out to keep us around so that we can afford to pay things like we're doing like the big box giveaway that we have 21 movies that you guys are going to be able to take advantage of and win one lucky winner next week. Mm-hmm. So make sure you sign up for the giveaway at longlivethevoid.com. VIP but, club. But yeah, we got tons of merch. I'm trying to figure out maybe if it's better just to do one item per month at a time. I think so, because there's a lot. Right? Because they have no organization on Teespring whatsoever. But if you are interested and you do want to help out, we are going to be closing down the shop here after this holiday season. So for Halloween and everything like that. And then we're just going to do one item things. We'll do a Black Friday special, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll do like, you know, hey, you want to get a mug this month? Help support us. Hey, you want to do a t-shirt this month? Help support us. You know, I, that way it's not such so many options that people are confused by. But if you like options, you want to do it now before it right, shuts down because, on November 1st. But anyway, thank you guys for all the support on that already. We've had a lot of uh, purchases already, which have gone a long way to help us continue what we do. And we thank you very much for all of you, even those who haven't bought anything, who just listen, share, and enjoy and uh, keep us company each week. Right. Now let's talk about some of the movies that have come out recently. Now I got to talk about Halloween Kills a little bit. Okay. So I knew this movie was going to be fucking divisive. I'm not going to spoil anything or I'm just going to let you know what I thought a little bit. I'm not going to go into it like I would like a review or anything. You can watch my YouTube review on that, which goes into great length about what I feel about the movie. Spoiler free. You know, we don't do a spoiler cast or anything on that. Uh, We we usually do that for the podcast, but since we're not doing it on the podcast, we don't have one. Mm -hmm. So this is my way of kind of like giving a little extra uh, on that. But I've been seeing a lot of people that are either hate it, love it, or just meh about it. And I was very meh about the 2018 release. Me too. I, I just, it just did not. It was just okay. Right. It was just like, okay. The so one common thing that I've been hearing a lot of people say is that it's too brutal, which I'm sorry, I'm a horror fan. That makes me there excited. no such thing as too brutal. I don't care who you are or what Disney movies you've been watching, but I love to fucking see Gru and horror, even if it's reminiscent of Jason. Because a lot of people are saying, like, oh, the spirit of Michael Myers is dead. He's turned into Jason Voorhees. And I'm like, well, it kind of it kind of makes sense because Michael Michael's never been as gory as Friday the 13th. You know, like right. those movies got a little wild. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I just like seeing that on the screen. I thought it was fun the dialogue and everything in it is kind of another thing that people talk about they're like yeah it's kind of for me i don't give a shit about any of that (laughs) 
<laughs> I just want to, I want to fucking see murder and death and feel like there's something of a threat that is going house to house and fucking just mutilating people. You know what I mean? And that's what I got in this movie. And that's why I liked about it. Mm-hmm. I don't really have that much of a strong connection. And me and Josh from the Bloody Good Film podcast, we were talking about it. And he's very, very close to the franchise, even though he's not, it's not his favorite. Me, personally, it's just so all over the place for me. I'm just kind of like, whatever, you know? Like, I like the first two movies, really. I even kind of like some of uh, the Rob Zombie movies a little bit. I think I like the brutality in those a little bit, even though it was so long and drawn yeah, out. Yeah, that second one Rob Zombie did was like... I, I, there's some long. things I like about that movie, and I'm one of the very few that like that movie. Uh-huh. Everybody else gets hung up on the whole, what's the white horse, and what's all this weird imagery shit, and why is oh, Loomis being such a douchebag? Because Rob Zombie film. Right. <laughs> I mean, everybody in Rob Zombie's world is completely shit, apparently. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I just, I really enjoyed it. Uh, there were some funny things. I saw a lot of people's comments online in the past couple of days. Did they, you get triggered? No, I don't get triggered. Comments? I just... Well, I think people are a little, little, I say hyperbolic and I don't mean like people who are like have any, you know, you know, uh, vibe about it. I don't care if you like it or not. It's fine. Right. Sucks for you if you didn't like it because I did. (laughs) But uh, there is no right or wrong answer because everybody comes from different movies that they've already seen. I might have seen a million different movies that led up to this that that made me love it. Or I might not have seen a couple that that would have made me love it more. Or maybe I didn't watch enough of the Halloween franchise to even know what I'm talking about. And my opinion sucks. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. And I think that's because everybody has a different thing that they like about the fucking Halloween franchise. Uh-huh. I mean, if you look at the franchise as a whole and how many different ways they try to retcon it. Mm-hmm. Multiple, four times. This is the fourth fourth iteration mm-hmm. of Michael Myers going somewhere. It means that everybody loves him, but nobody knows what the real true essence is. Right. So they all think they have their own opinions of it, whether it's like, hey, let's put some rune stones out. You know, make Michael Myers and just turn him into a little clone boy. Or, you know, <laughs> I jokingly, somebody said in one of the comments, I just thought it was funny. I'm not making fun of anybody here. I'm just like one person compared it, said, oh, my God, Michael Myers, this new Halloween kills is worse than Sharknado. And I'm like, all right, all right that's where I draw the fucking line. OK, <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, maybe I, if if it's like religious to you you know what i mean i guess you could right you know what i mean like oh god they just shit on the mother mary Uh some people just say those things too to get a rise out of people i guess i don't know i i i was like really man jesus fucking christ (laughs) and you know I, i guess it's just it's such a big franchise that people have such high expectations and i've seen such garbage movies that i just can't you know, they're entertaining. Even mm-hmm. fucking producer's cut was entertaining to some degree. I guess. Yeah, but we didn't really like it. But you know what I mean? Right. Like, I'm not going to call it a one out of ten. Right. And I'm sure there's some people that were like, fuck this movie. How dare they? <laughs> they're like carving Michael Myers into their arm. 
I'm just kidding. I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I just thought I thought it was a good movie. I had a good time with it, and uh, I don't know. I wish I hope I wish other people would have as good a time with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think sometimes we get so caught up in like trying to make sure that other people feel the way that we do that it it kind of ruins the spirit of just watching horror and enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And some girl reminded me she was like, "Oh, yeah, I loved it." And me and my dad, we just kind of like watched it and we're yelling at the screen and eating candy. And, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, God, it's so fucking wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, that's the way it should be. And I was like, God damn it, I love you. <laughs> anyway, so uh, put down your pitchforks, everybody, and start giving out each other blowjobs. Whether you got a ding dong or a vagina, it's, it's all good. <laughs> or both, whatever, you know, fiddly diddly. <laughs> that is a fake laugh. If I ever heard one. What, me? Yeah, that was no, the, was it? That was literally the fakest laugh I've ever fucking that was heard. A, I was, it was funny. It <laughs> was not. It was a, that's kind of disgusting, but it's funny. Okay. Wow. All right. Well, Jesus. picture it in your fucking head, you dildo. <laughs> anyway, guys, I think it might be that time. Horse shots! So obviously, <laughs> I tricked you on that one, huh? Didn't I? Got you good. Thought I, I was going to say some mean shit, right? We, well, you did, but you cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We only had it 10 times I had to say something. It took me a lot of strength to say something positive. Anyway, so Christina and I came up with a shot this week. Um, she went out and got extra ingredients. Thank you for doing that, by the way. I appreciate it. Was it was very hard to find one of the ingredients. Dude, it's very hard for me to get out of the house anymore. The, the supply chain is for real. This shit's for real. There's <laughs> nothing on the shelves. Oh, God. Is it pandemic three? It's, yes. Or we're four. Are we in five I now? I don't, I don't even know, know what stage. Okay. Well, <laughs> anyways, we decided to make this a shot based off of Brian James in the movie Horror Show, which is the first movie we were going to be talking about today, where a criminal by the name of Max Jenke, the, the ma- what do they call him? Max the mar- Massacre? I don't know. Something like that. He basically is this crazy fuck that is kind of akin to Freddy Krueger and also the other guy from Shocker, which I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Um, interesting stories on these movies, by the way. Got some oh, pretty cool stuff that I want to talk about. But anyway, Max Jenke is a serial killer, and he gets fried and killed. And he also was a really cool, interesting actor who took his job very seriously and a lot of people loved. And he had passed away in 1999 in August from heart conditions. And so I thought it'd be nice to kind of honor him and do a shot based on his character in the horror show, which I think in some ways was his like really big performance. And I know that he wanted this to go places because, you know, this was like a new slasher, you know? Uh huh. And he was like a logical slasher. Right. Like it was like very much like Freddy Krueger, a lot of people say. Uh huh. Um, But, you know, because of that, it wasn't as big as it was, but there is a huge fan base for it. So what we're going to be doing today is a jumping janky. And yep. what is in a jumping janky, Christini? Well, Christine, <laughs> what the fuck Christine was that? Wow. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, we have 99 espresso. Uh Oh, you put 99 in there. What the yeah. fuck? Oh, it's a surprise. <laughs> so 99 coffee. So coffee, if you have coffee yeah. liqueur. Yeah. And then vodka. Mm-hmm. And then. So a third, a third. And then a, th- a pumpkin spice 
Pumpkin spice creamer. That's Coffee right. creamer. Pumpkin spice creamer, which all the stores were out of. Is this the extra right here? Yeah, but I put more cream in it. Oh, okay. Sweet. Well, I was going to drink that. So, fuck so basically, if you want to make three shots, all you have to do is just do a shot of each ingredient into a cold. You want to do this cold, by the way, guys, because it tastes better that way. I put it on ice. It's essentially a pumpkin, like, white Russian. Right. You know, because you use Kahlua and, like, cream and vodka to do a, a thing. We just did a little more BTV style, which for, is probably going to taste like shit. So for let's, fun, for October. let's try it here. Okay. Okay, ready? Cheers. It's actually not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. And you know what would be good with it? Oh. It, may, it might need a little bit more cream. Yeah. So you might want to be a little cream heavy on it. So that so it, this has more cream in it. Do you want to pour that? Just This is just a suggestion for them. But yeah, I'll, I'll have some more, actually. I want some more. <laughs> uh, another suggestion that you might want to do is uh, get some whipped cream and put it on top. What the fuck is that? It's oh. ice. <laughs> well, I put ice in the cup and then I just Dude, whenever it. I see something lumpy come out of a creamy drink, that is the biggest, like, no-no sign. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's like going to drink milk out of the carton and then realizing Rotten. that it's fucking... Uh, uh, oh yeah, we shouldn't talk about that. That really almost made me gag yeah, right there. Yeah, that's really gross. Sorry, guys. Cheers. I'm going to take another one. Okay, me too. Oh, pour it up. Oh, you're not going to pour it up. I'm going to slam it. I'm going to sippy sip because I yeah. could drink this episode. That was the ticket. A little yeah, extra yeah. creamer. So, yeah, pour heavy a little extra on the creamer and you should be good. About a, about a shot and a half, if that. Mm-hmm. That creamer is really good, too. I I got I got oat milk creamer. Yeah. Well, you don't have to use that, but just pumpkin spice creamer. So Yeah, but the stores are all out of it. But, yeah, this is so. nice compared to last week, which was terrible. Yeah, that was. Oh, that was the Mountain Dew ones. Oh, no, not that one. The one before was yeah, that. It? Oh, with the black. Oh, the black vodka. That's the one. That was pretty bad. So if you would like to try a jumping janky in honor of the Brian James, rest in peace, brother. All you have to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section now. That's it for Horror Shots. All right, guys. Voidtober has already begun, and we are into the Voidtober Returns, and we're going to review the horror show from 1989 and... The Bangler, Christina did the work on the first movie today, so why don't you go ahead and kick it off? Which is, you know, the horror show, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. House 3. Yes, that's right. I should have said that before. Oh, well, we got it. It's part of a... Actually, we have the whole one through four arrow set, which mm-hmm. a lot of people didn't buy mm-hmm. because they thought it was going to be region discs. Oh, yeah, and it wasn't. And we found out that it wasn't. Uh-huh. And they sold it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, let's be honest, some of these boutiques get away with some shit, you know what I mean? Right. But I'm fine with that because I we picked it up, and I think I paid like 80 bucks for it. And that's how we watched it, too. <laughs> yeah, it's a great set. I love it. Yeah. All right. An executed serial killer haunts the house where a policeman lives with his wife and children. Tagline, in your home, behind the door, beneath the steps, Max is waiting. <laughs> Are you done? That's his fucking voice, dude. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. 
All right, this was directed by James Isaac. Mm-hmm. He also did Jason X. That's right. Uh, Pig Hunt from 2008. He did Skinwalkers. And the horror show was his first. Movie. Yeah, and this was his very first movie. He was actually, uh, he did also some special effects in other movies too, all the way back to fucking Star Wars, Return of the Jedi, and Gremlins, Enemy of Mine. He did House 2 actually as well, so that's why he, he was brought this. on for this. Yeah. Which is so weird because like House 3, really there was never a movie called House 3, but I guess people just kind of associated with it because it was the same producers and some of the same people working on these films and they thought it was close enough so they just named it i couldn't find any other reasoning for it than that so that's why it's called house three by the way so so this was also directed by david blythe originally but he was fired i don't know why uh but he directed a movie called ghost bride and my father is a vampire and damn laser vampires from 2011 I'd heard that there was some um, miscommunication between the special effects and the director, which is vital importance to this movie. Oh. And so, you know, it didn't seem like KNBFX were really having any problems with him. It just production wise, they were like, nah, we need someone stronger. Oh, so that's why they brought on Jason. Which who had special effects experience. So he could communicate. Kind of makes sense, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, This was produced by Sean S. Cunningham. Yes. Familiar name because he, you know, he did Friday the 13th. He produced Friday the 13th, The Last House on the Left, Strangers Watching, a bunch of other stuff, Mm -hmm. like a shit ton of stuff. Um, Okay, this was written by Alan Smithy, who also goes by the name Alan Warner. Mm -hmm. He's an a writer, actor, director, most known for directing Hellraiser Bloodline. Mm-hmm. Um, another Night of the Living Dead from 2011. Um, it was also written by Leslie Boehm. Uh, she created uh, Shut Eye, the TV show on Hulu. Oh, yeah, so okay. Much. The, 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 what are they called? But the Psychics. Yeah, but it, they were, they're called the, something. Uh, uh, gypsies. Gypsies. Yeah. yeah. Which is a negative I, connotation, technically. I really like that show. My, my grandparents were gypsies. Right. Like, my mom was adopted, but her parents, her original parents were gypsies. Right. And they traveled the country. Right. Uh, she was also the creator of that Taken show from the early 2000s. And she also helped write Nightmare on Elm Street 5. Okay. Hey, starring Lance Hendrickson, who plays Detective Lucas McCarthy. Uh, he was in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. This means something. The uh, original, you know. Uh, he was a Damon Omen 2, uh, The Right Stuff, Piranha 2, uh, The Terminator. Uh, he was Bishop in Aliens. That's from where everyone's going to know him from. Of course. And he was in The Quick and the Dead. And he was in another movie that I'll mention. And what's that? The next movie. He was actually Mangler 2, but we'll get into oh, that okay. later. Brian James, who plays Max, he's, you know, the serial killer. Max Jenke. Yeah. He was in Blade Runner, The Fifth Element, uh, Cabin Boy, and Another 48 Hours. Action packed. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Uh, Also starring Rita Taggart, who plays Donna. She was in Mulholland Drive. Mulholland Drive. We say that wrong. Say it for me. Mulholland Drive. Thank you. (laughs) She was in The China Syndrome Mm -hmm. in 1941. Which was from 1979. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I remember that movie. I think it had Jim Belushi in it. Oh, really? It must have been a comedy then? Yeah. It was supposed to be good or whatever. It was like the movie that Steven Spielberg really wanted to make when he had any choice of movies he could have made or something like that. And then like it kind of failed and then like people didn't think he was good enough to do Back to the Future and then how Back to the Future came about or something like that. We just watched the, the, the movies that made us. Right. And that was on there. And yeah. that was on there, right? Wasn't right. that the one that we were watching? I think so. 
I, I, I like vaguely it's crazy remember. how the story of that movie just came about. Anyway, mm-hmm. sorry. Dee Dee Pfeiffer, who plays Bonnie, the daughter, she was in Falling Down. Mm-hmm. She was in Sybil and The All Nighter from 1987. The, the Falling Down movie is always the one that I always feel bad liking because everybody's like, oh, that's just a, a white man's fucking hate party movie. And it's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway. Uh, stunts in this movie was by Kane Hodder. Yes. You know, everybody knows who he is. He's of Jason. Course. Um, also, K and B did the practical effects, as you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. The budget on this movie was $3 million. Wow. Did, yeah. it, did it say anything to box office, or was there no box office? Uh, I don't, it didn't I say anything. I think it was anything. straight to video. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense then. That's probably why. All right, Alex. What did you think about the horror show? I'm just so sad that I have to talk about this now. Everybody's going to hate me. Uh-oh. I'm just kidding. No, I... <laughs> <laughs> I actually really like it. It's one I've watched multiple times. It's It's been a little while since I watched it last, though. Um, this is one that I've always pretty much been the horror show, like I said. I've never really remembered it as the House 3 until later on. Like, it was on the shelf as the horror show, and then somehow it got roped into House 3 because they never made a House 3. And then they were like, well, we'll just put that one in there. And it's like, that's fine, I guess. (laughs) But they only made a House 4, and that was the one with the pizza. They got talking pizza part in the movie, which is really a whacked out movie. Um This one is sort of a movie that mimics a lot of other, probably much better horror movies in the industry from like the music score that they have in this that sounds almost identical to Nightmare on Elm Street, but Mm -hmm. there's like three notes different, like right at the end, you know, boom, doom, do, 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 you know, like they change it right there. Just using a lullaby is like, right. La, la, la. Anyway. Um, but they also even have sort of the same scenery that fucking Max Jenke kind of like lives in once he comes back. Mm-hmm. And they even kind of like have the same intro and story opening of the movie by Wes Craven called Shocker. Because literally both of these movies, Shocker and The Horror Show, are about a fucking serial killer who gets caught and gets fucking put in the electrical chair and comes back in some more powerful form. Literally the same thing. Mm -hmm. And they came out at the same fucking year. More on that later. Honestly, I feel like Shocker is the better movie. Much more creative film. But this really isn't all that bad. It's it's like a, a budget of those two types of films. Plus, you have some big actors in it that make it flow. Brian James, who's always been creepy and fits the villain pretty fucking damn well, putting on his best crime wave version of himself, which was another movie he was in by Sam Raimi, if you remember that one. Um, We got Lance Hendrickson, while not exactly the best movie he's ever done. (laughs) He's been in better pictures than this. It's still a pretty solid performance, and his angsty, losing his mind kind of thing is kind of works with it here. Um I really like his anger towards Jenky and the villain. It kind of really amps up the fun in this one, you know? Mm-hmm. Plus, you get a lot of fever dream kind of stuff in this that make the protagonist, McCarthy, played by Lance Henriksen, go through hell just to fight this fucking demon. Lots of gore, practical effects by KMB, like we said. And that, that should please enough horror fans to keep you to the end of the movie, whether you absolutely love this or not. Mm-hmm. You'll still appreciate that. 
Plus, you get nonstop fucking Brian James creepy <laughs> laughter throughout the whole fucking movie. And if you haven't heard it in enough, it's it's literally been shoved in literally every five seconds of the fucking movie. Like, no matter what he does, if he, like, trips over a newspaper and Jenky's face is there, it's, like, in the background. <laughs> That was good. <laughs> yeah. I like that. That was good. That's just how it is in the movie. And if you seriously don't have dreams about his laugh after watching this movie, I'd get your money back. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but Brian James, I really do honestly think this is a pretty great film of his. It is low budget and, you know, but I don't know. It's just something about him as a bad guy. He's always kind of played the like villain and stuff. And he's like really good at it. Just creepy and fucking weird. I loved him in Crime Wave. That was such a great part for him, too. But this is one of my other favorites of his. It's obviously not as good as Freddy Krueger's Nightmare on Elm Street. But Mm -hmm. if you're a fan of that and Shocker, I say it is pretty safe to say that you'll enjoy this to some degree. And honestly, I think if it would have done better or had more, you know, reach, it could have gotten a sequel. And it's just too bad because I think Brian James could have eventually been some sort of like slasher favorite. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just being a weird guy. So, but I think it's a lot of silly fun. It's messed up at times. And I'd give this one probably a seven out of 10. It's far from perfect, but it, you know, extends the other movies like I mentioned. And it's just fun, a fun watch. What about you? I don't ever remember seeing any of the other house movies, and I don't remember Shocker. You've seen them. You've Have seen. I? You've seen. I'm pretty sure I've showed you House Two. Yeah. All of them are so very different from different. one another. Yeah. Like the first one is about a Vietnam veteran who is stuck in a house where his son had drowned or something like that, and then he the door opens up and there's like a hole to another dimension where it's like all these like monsters live. I don't remember. And then the, was... the guy from Cheers is there, the big guy from Cheers. Norm? Yeah, he's in that movie. Oh, I don't remember. Uh, it's it's pretty good. I, we'll, we'll watch him. And then the second one was like a the 80s like uh, offbeat comedy where uh-huh. like Gramps is always drinking. He comes back from the dead and he's oh. like 150 years old or some shit. So they are all like really different. They're very different. How like, funny! It's like f- yeah. it's like American Horror Story before you know. Like- well, they all involve a house, I guess, because I mean, Janky takes over a house in this one. Yeah, that makes sense. When he gets killed, but anyway, what did you think? But I did enjoy it. It's like this weird psychological trip. Yeah, like it's really different. Um, it, I mean, it was a little bit confusing with like the hallucination stuff and like the dream sequences. Oh, yeah. Well, Lance is the only one that's seeing it and not his family. So that is a little confusing. Yeah. So you don't know what's reality, what's fake, you know, what he's seeing, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But the acting was really great. Yeah. Both the guys did good. uh, The Max guy was really funny with his laughing, like you were saying. Lance seems like a serial killer when he gets fucking angry. Yeah, really. (laughs) Really. But... Yeah, heavy nightmare on Elm Street throughout the whole movie. Oh, like yeah. you said, like everything you said, even the lullaby stuck out to me. It's like, come on, dude, why would you use a lullaby in the middle of the fucking movie? Hey, Claudio Fergasso. Like I Wait. even watched, what did we watch? Did you ever watch that uh, nightmare on Elm Street, Shanga, whatever the fuck it was? Oh, the, the Bollywood fucking. No, I didn't. You watched that by yourself. Yeah, that's good. I watched it with Nick, actually. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. But I also gave this a seven out of 10. Really? Because I did. It, it was interesting. Wow, we're in we're in lockstep together. Yeah, on this one, what's huh? up with that? Oh, something's wrong. 
I think you just changed it and it was like a lower. No, I didn't actually. I wrote it down the day. <laughs> oh, let me see then. You the fucking day, lying. The day I see, I wrote it down. That was the day <laughs> I watched it. All right. Good but, on you. Yeah. For having a, a, an opinion that's right for a oh, change. Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we do have some trivia on this. I would love to hear what you guys think about this one. This is one that some people, you know, if you've been a horror fan for a while, you know about. And, and, and if you guys have a better explanation as to why they switched the name to House 3, I mean, I really couldn't find anything. I mean, I didn't listen to the um, backing track on the, you know, audio commentary for this. It uh, was a really long one, too. And I was I started it and I was like, you know what? I don't have time for this. So <laughs> ain't nobody got time for the commentary right now. <laughs> I would love to do it in the future, but I'm not going to do all of the makings of and then that. So, But if you don't want anything spoiled, we're going to get into the spoilers section, talk about some of the things that made this movie go tick and uh, who were involved and some interesting stuff about it. So if you don't want anything spoiled, here is your warning. So Rita Taggart, who played the mom in this, she said that David Blythe, who is a New Zealander who got fired, it worried her as an actress because she wanted to sign on to this part because of two reasons, because of him and because of Lance Henriksen. Oh. And she was worried that, you know, maybe it was their fault that he got fired because of the acting, because, you know, oh, uh, they, they kind of share the weight a little bit on that a little mm -hmm. bit. You know, even though the director's in charge of how people act, ultimately, mm -hmm. some can be off hands or on hands, you know, like mm -hmm. just depends on the style. But she also said that she was very fond of Lance Henriksen and that because they didn't really have their own room to like go, you know, be by themselves on shoot. She said they got to know each other really well, and she considers him a friend. And, you know, she's like, hey, we don't talk that much, but I've always been very fond of him. Mm -hmm. Also, Kane Hodder did talk about some of the things that happened on this set and what he felt about the movie and everything like that. He said that Brian James was one of his favorite stunt doubles that he ever stunt doubled for. He has not done a lot of stunt doubles because he's pretty much done his own shit. Um, he's been like, you know, Hatchet. So he didn't need to stunt double for anybody. He was Hatchet. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. He did a fire stunt in this one where he gets killed and burned in after he gets up out of the chair. Max oh, Jenky. That's, that's right. And he points at Lance Henriksen. And, you know, Lance was actually really impressed with Kane Hodder at this point in time. Mm -hmm. He said that when they did that scene, Lance was like, boy, he never lost contact with me of his eyes at all. <laughs> That's not how he sounds, but yeah. <laughs> I still like it. <laughs> so he was like, he's like, he told, he told Kane and some other people was like, man, that guy just stared at me while he was on fire. It was really kind of <laughs> intimidating, actually, you know? And he's like, um, so he thought it was really funny, but you know, Kane's a very dedicated actor. Obviously. Just like anybody else would be, mm -hmm. you know? And sometimes more, honestly. Right. Because right. no one's going to put themselves on fire who's a regular actor normally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, the man burnt himself almost alive and still came back to do fire stunts. Yeah, it's crazy. That's saying something, man. That's, a, that's some balls of steel right there. Yeah. Kane also said that he liked working with the director on this one, James Isaac, or they call him Jim Isaac, uh, and the DP because he wanted to work with Kane. The DP actually wanted to work directly with Kane when they were doing the stunts to make sure that it was artistically fit and like, and that they worked together to make it work out when often times most dps are just like do this uh, you know and kane said he really appreciated that he was open to suggestions he's like he would often say no because he knows his shit you know but i just right. like that i was a part of the 
process. Um, Kane also said that he got hurt during this movie, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, one of the few times that he got hurt during the, not on set, (laughs) offset, actually. Oh, no. So he was telling the story where he was, like, playing football, and he was, like, playing football with a bunch of people, and, like, he went for this really great pass, and he caught it with his fingers and pulled it in. Oh, my God. Do you know what I mean? And he was, like, talking how romantically about how well that pass was and how he got it, and simultaneously stepped in a hole in the ground and sprained his ankle, like, really bad. (laughs) I think that's what adds to the punch of the factor that he had this great pass Uh that he fucked up by stepping in a hole on, you know? Right. Um, He probably even still had it, but he said that he never heard this before, but he got a third-degree sprain which jeez yeah the doctor said you would have probably been better off if you just broke it oh because it would have healed faster than what it's going to heal now oh because it's yeah that makes sense right so it took he said forever to heal Mm -hmm. but he was a trooper about it Mm -hmm. and continued to work on set with the sprained ankle wow that's crazy like a fucking legend yeah he said that's what you do you fuck it up you fucking don't up to it you get on with it so (laughs) Uh, Robert Kurtzman of KNB, he is one. He's the K of the KNB. Uh huh. Said that the horror show was one of the first movies that they actually got a really big budget for. Oh, really? So it was one of the early ones. Like they had all done work separately, and before they came together and decided to make KNB and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But this was in the earlier days of KNB, where they were getting some real money. It was like their first big paycheck, by the way. And they were like, holy shit, I'm rich. (laughs) But they loved it because they came from the Deep Star 6 movie, which was also produced by Sean Cunningham. And so it was kind of like them coming back to the same family, only they're getting a hell of a lot more money to make a hell of a lot cooler shit. It is also true that, you know, I mentioned the whole shocker thing. That movie was coming out the same time this movie was coming out. And the rumor is, is that, Sean Cunningham, who produced the horror show, and Wes Craven, who directed and produced the Shocker movie, was not too happy. (laughs) I I don't blame him. I mean, it's a little too coincidental, you know? Even the whole fucking thing is exactly the same. And there was a lot of accusations about stealing each other's material on both sides. Uh, But at the end of the day... You know, it does seem like Shocker was the winner of that. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. Nick, Nick Otero of the KMB, he is the N. In the oh, movie. okay. Greg Nicotero was like, despite all of the, they really enjoyed working and coming up with a fun practical effects, even though this, you know, wasn't exactly the most original idea. They had some really fun times trying to put together some gore, which ultimately got cut by the MPAA. And he said, you know, that's one of the most devastating things as a practical effects artist is that you you spend so much time doing this thing Mm -hmm. and nobody gets to see it. Mm -hmm. He's like, but now we live in such a different time that we still get, they still get to see it. So it it feels so redeeming Mm -hmm. to have a new Blu-ray release or 4K with the uncut. Yeah, the director's cut. Yeah, because this movie only had a European uncut. They didn't have a U.S., they cut it out of the distribution for straight to video. Oh, wow. The um, uncut version, by the way, sh- does show a hell of a lot more. There's a scene where there's the cut in his in uh, McCarthy's chest where Lance Henriksen reaches in and you can see his heart. It's kind of a nod to Videodrome, they said. Oh. Um, and quite a bit more. There's some like scenes in the electric chair that, you know, that are way more graphic. So, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Everybody else said that, you know, that working with Brian James on this was a 
great that he was a true professional and they all miss him and that uh, him and Lance had a lot of fun together, kind of coming up with their ways to be angry at each other. And they would just often sit in chairs while makeup and just laugh and make jokes all day, the whole time. So cool. Yeah. Yeah, it is cool. I, I think so. You may not. <laughs> I did. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so we get, let's go over some of our scenes. We don't have to go over everything in order. There are a couple of things that I can mention. That oh, have... I want to mention. Okay, yeah, go so for like it. So, like, right at the beginning, the detectives are in, like, this kitchen warehouse thing, right? They're walking around, and there's this body. There's these, I'm sorry. There's these legs sticking out of a meat grinder. Oh, oh yeah. And the, the, it's, like, grinding. It's, like, auto-grinding, and the legs are just, like, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. It was so fucking It looks good. like they're, like, wriggling to get out. Yeah, yeah. They, I watched watched them do the whole scene on that and behind the scenes. Oh, did you? Yeah, they had to try it multiple times because... Uh, oh, my God, because they couldn't get it to work Well, right. the legs are just flopping over every now and then, you know? like, And they wanted to get him sticking up and then flopping over. Uh-huh. So it looked like, you know, like it was fighting right. to get out, which is really cool. I think that's funny, too, because it kind of relates to the next movie, too. Because that was kind of a grinder. <clears throat> the bodies fell into him. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right, yeah. They I didn't really kick their legs that much, though. I'm like, what are you talking about? There was another scene. One of my favorites is the one where... The, it, this is the one that reminded me totally of... of so there's two There's two Freddy scenes that I, I think really, other than when they go into his dimension, mm-hmm. which happens to be like a boiler room kind of looking place. Yeah. Which is totally Freddy, only totally. It's, it's blue instead of like dark brown and like reds mm-hmm. and oranges and stuff, which they're always trying to cast fire everywhere. This one was just steaming blue. <laughs> um but there was a scene where the uh, McCarthy's daughter, he goes in to check on her and she's like, my stomach hurts. And you see like Jenky's face come out of her stomach because he talks about fucking her a couple of times in the movie. Right. Gross. And so he sees his daughter pregnant with him. And then later on, she has the baby and stuff. But mm-hmm. you see his face come out of her stomach. Right, like pressing up against it, just like in- They've done uh, in Freddy yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Numerous times. I think it was in the second one, wasn't it? Where he yeah. kind of tries to come out of his chest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It yeah. Was chest. So it was totally a nod to that, you know what I mean? Totally. But that's where the, the slice in his chest- comes up where he does the video drum thing and he's like pulling open the wound oh, and the uncut okay. is like really longer a much longer than uh-huh. than what they did in the US uh, cut there so what about the electrocution scene I thought that was pretty cool right like, you know he he wasn't dying and his face was like I don't it wasn't even like imploding or anything it was just like growing I guess if you had a bunch cracking of cracking and popping yeah electricity going through your body like it was really cool well they used a lot of bladders on that and they used a technique that Dick Miller pretty much came up with we've talked about that in another movie uh, I can't remember which one it was but yeah Dick Miller came up with a lot of really cool techniques mm-hmm. and uh, apparently one of the guys at KMB used the, the the exact method that Dick Miller did with the same type of lithane which is the plastic that you would put it underneath mm-hmm. that nobody used anymore mm-hmm. and uh, just to be just kind of a nod to Dick, Smil- Dick Smith mm-hmm. um, so or Dick Miller what did they say or Dick Smith Wow, my brain is farting all. <laughs> Dick Smith. Sorry. Not Dick Miller. Dick Miller is the uh, Gremlins guy. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think K&B worked on part two of that. So whatever. It, it all comes back. Um, I kind of love the beginning of the movie as well. Because like not just the scene with the legs, but also because they have like blood and everything. And it really shows you just how fucked up 
like Max Jenke is mm-hmm. as a person or whatever the fuck he is. He is like there is blood fucking everywhere. Heads and fryers. There's a cop's head in a fryer. Yeah, said blue spray or right. blue blue plate special. Right. Well, no, no, that was a different. Oh, one. that was just head on a plate. I was like several heads in this one. Yeah. yeah there was a the head on a plate that said blue cop special or something. Blue plate special. Then there was a cop's head in a fryer where they lift the hat out. The head sub, um comes from up on other out of the oil and its eye pops and you see like the red come out. Mm-hmm. Just a tiny touch that they put in there that adds to that scene. Right. Anybody can throw a fucking fake head in boiling water mm-hmm. or bubbling water, but they did it and made the eye squirt out jelly on top of it in, in the middle of a VHS revolution where you can see shit like that. Right. You know, you can't even really appreciate it until 1080p now. <laughs> Thank God they had the forethought to think about that. You know what I mean? What else was there in that scene? There was just a bunch of stuff. Doesn't he tell his his uh, partner to go a certain way and he goes another way and that's how his partner gets his arms chopped yeah, off? Yeah, and then he comes swinging in. Yeah, he, he had him chained up to the fucking something and he's like hugging him and he's like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And there he's was- like, shake my hand. Oh, never mind. <laughs> there was a really cool scene I liked when uh, Lucas was... Uh- uh, in, in this car driving and they started having like flashbacks and and max was there he ended up being there in the car and he like shook his head or, or turned away and then he turned oh back yeah that's... to make sure he he like was there and, he, and then what he said he's like I'm still, still here, here buddy boy i'm still here <laughs> i yeah. thought that was really funny it was clever yeah i'm not a figment of your imagination and then he hits tries to hit him the third time and uh he's not there he disappears <laughs> <laughs> that laugh again <laughs> Like just the that the like that kind of stuff. Like yeah. it, you know, it makes it good. Well, one of the other practical effects scenes that I love is the turkey scene. Oh, that's which, right. Which has a little At bit dinner? of a hit. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> like first well, it's there's two scenes that kinda happen back to back with that mm-hmm. that are really funny that it just <laughs> Like, fucking Lance Henriksen scares me in this. I don't know why. Like, if this was how he was acting in front of me and my family, mm-hmm. you know, if I was one of the, like, the little boy or something like that or whatever, mm-hmm. who was in, what movie did we say? The, oh, he was in Amityville 4. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, Evil Returns yeah, or whatever the fuck. Yeah, he was crazy in that, too. It was the one with the clock, whatever the... Right. The, no, the lamp. The lamp. Yeah, it was the lamp. Yeah, I love the lamp. The lamp in, in fucking California. <laughs> totally makes sense. Anyway, so if I was that kid, I would probably be like, okay, Dad is going to fucking murder one of us now. Um, yeah, I got to go. We got to get out of here. Mom, seriously, call the police. <laughs> Wait, but he is the police. Right, I know. <laughs> So so he sits down and they're trying to have this family dinner in the middle of all this crazy shit that's going on. He watched Max Jenke die so that he could get on with his life and become a cop again because it was really fucking with him how he lost his, uh, you know, partner and how all these people died because this guy was such a crazy person. Mm-hmm. In, in his mind, he, he became more than just a killer. He mm-hmm. became some sort of beast. That, that, like, you know, the Loomis's fucking the shape, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> right. the Loomis's evil that he could, he had to stamp out, you know, and he had to watch him die. So he's sitting down with his family. Finally, it's just a moment of reprieve from all these like visions he's having. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, the turkey turns into a fucking weird tentacle thing and its head turns. And on the side, you see Jenky's face and he's like, hey, buddy boy down here. <laughs> he's like, your family's dead. And then he looks up and sees family cut their all their throats are cut. Uh-huh. And he was like, ah, just kidding. <laughs> you know, and it's like and then he stands up and fucking stabs the bird. Mm-hmm. And and his family's just like, whoa, what's going on? He's like, oh, just don't like turkeys all. <laughs> like, wow, what a dick. Right. <laughs> 
Oh my god! You can't just brush that kind of behavior <laughs> off, like right? And who fucking has turkey for lunch <laughs> at the dinner table? Dude, if you stood up and did what the, the fuck? Well, that is true. I mean, who does that? This was the 1950s when Mama would make big old turkey feast every Wednesday. <laughs> anyway, uh, sorry, so, <laughs> it just bothered me. Okay, but even furthermore, like if you were to act like that shit. Right. I would be like, what the fuck, Christina? Can we talk about it a little bit? But no, they go into the family room and watch some comedian talk about politics on the television. And then Jenky pops on and is like, ah. I'm going to kill your family. Yeah. You know what's funnier than a goose egg is your family dead on a platter. And then he gets so mad, he pulls out his gun. And shoots the TV. Yeah, at this point, this is when I would be like, okay, dad has lost his shit. I don't know if I feel comfortable with him in the house. Well, they did. Which one of you is going to go down? Well, they did run out of the house. I mean. Right, but you know what I they mean. They did. At that moment, they were like, okay, done. Yeah, he is. Losing his mind. Yeah. Anyway, there's some really fun things in here. The ending is meh. Meh, yeah. It could, I think it could have been a lot more spectacular it was cool because i guess he pulls him through into the reality into reality by sticking him up against electricity with his wife which by the way did you notice that his wife stuck a stick into him as well to push him up against the the electronic box in in the dream world yeah he Uh goes to save his his family and the cat and everything oh oh i forgot to mention something speaking of the cat the original turkey thing was supposed to be a cake they were going to eat a cake they okay. were, yeah, they were going to eat a cake, and inside it was going to be the cat's head. <gasps> oh, that's horrible. Yeah. Wow, that's and they up. didn't get to put it in. That's what Greg Nicotero was saying. Oh, okay. And they well, came back and imposted the turkey. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Just Which to be, makes sense. And then at the end, which, they, they did find the cat alive. Right. So. Which I don't remember them killing the cat. I don't... I think it was really quick. It was in the basement. Oh, yeah. One of the kids found the cat dead in the basement. Okay. Well, anyway, back to what I was saying. When they go to kill Jenky at the very end, they stick two by fours up. Like Lance Henriksen sticks a two by four up against him, against this electronic box, and his wife sticks it right into his grill. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Which she said that her and Brian James had a really good laugh about that. He's like, boy, you just stuck that thing right in my crotch. Huh? And, just... <laughs> and she's not a woman that likes confrontation at all. Uh-huh. So she just. She laughed so hard about that because right after the scene, he was like, man, you're just going to poke it right on in there. Huh? Just uh, go ahead and jab me right on the Jimmy. Huh? Uh, but yeah, he dies. The cat comes back in a box and there are happy days. Mm-hmm. They're moving out of the house because, yeah, fuck that house. Right. Like any family should. <laughs> but yeah, what did you guys think? I mean, did you have some favorite scenes? Did we not mention anything? Did we mention we missed something that you liked and we didn't mention? You know, let me know. Would love to hear from you guys and what you thought about this movie. As always. Always. Lesson here is McCarthy isn't crazy at all. And just because he shoots a TV and stabs a turkey does not mean that daddy's going to kill one of you. (laughs) Okay, Billy? (laughs) Anyway, we do have another movie that we're going to talk about, and that is The Mangler from 1995. Oh, yeah. A laundry folding machine has been possessed by a demon. Why not? <laughs> Causing it to develop homicidal tendencies. <laughs> you sound just like it. Yeah, I would never talked. <laughs> <laughs> There's a tagline in it. It says, from the three masters of horror, the ultimate tale of terror is about to begin. I'm waiting. I'm still waiting. <laughs> I think we all are, Christina. 
The screenplay, or rather the whole story, was written by three people, including director Toby Hooper, who has done Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1 and 2, The Fun House, Life Force, which is a movie I still want to pick up. That's Space Vampires. Oh. Invaders from Mars, Night Terrors, and many more, including Poltergeist, sort of? Anyway. <laughs> Screenplay also was written by Stephen David Brooks. He was this was his first feature film to write on. He was he did like a movie called Heads and Tails with Z's, Flytrap, and a bunch of music videos that he wrote and directed from the Tearaways and Rochelle Vincent Von K. Okay, no clue. Uh, there was the other person who there was another person who wrote on the screenplay named Harry Allen Towers who had been writing since the fifties. Before this, he wrote Psycho Circus, House of a Thousand Flying Dolls, The Blood of Fu Manchu, White Fang, the Lucio Fulci movie, uh-huh. Gore 2, and uh, Witness to a Killer and More. Ah. A Witness to a Kill and More. Ah. This obviously was ripped from the uh, short story by Stephen King. The cast in it is going to blow your fucking mind. Let, give it to me. Robert England. Oh, my God. As Bill Gartley. He was Freddy Krueger, if you've never heard of him. Oh, is that who he was? <laughs> anyway, you know who Robert England is. We also got Ted Levine, who was John Hunton in this movie. He played Buffalo Bill in The Silence of the Lambs, Wild Wild West, Heat, Shutter Island, Evolution, Flubber, Bullet, and Nowhere to Run, and plenty more. Ah. We also have Daniel Matmore, who plays Mark, his neighbor who was in Toby Hooper's Night Terrors. He also did a lot of video game voices in, like, Far Cry 2, Deuce X Mankind Divided, Assassin's Creed, Odyssey, Immortals Phoenix Rising, and most recently he was the man that came into the wake in the second segment of VHS 94. Oh, okay. Yeah, weird, huh? Yeah, that is. Uh, Jeremy Crutchley was in this movie he played picture man and do you know what else what other character he played christina no i do not the mortician ah isn't that crazy so he morticianed himself in this movie no he he can't he morticianed that woman remember oh okay he was talking about putting her back together you know fucking smucker style fucking granny all over his front he he did have a lot of makeup on for the old oh it was very clear yeah. yeah Uh, but he played Maximilian in American Gods. He was in the show Blacklist, Prodigal Son, Lord of War, The Poseidon Adventure, the remake one. He was in Doomsday, Salem TV series, and many more. Also stars Vanessa Pike, who was Sherry, the granddaughter... Niece. Whatever, of the fucking Bill yeah. Gate, Greatly or whatever. She was Gardley, the niece. The niece, yeah. She uh, played Sherry. She did a lot of TV movies and shows like Tarzan, The Epic Adventures, Carpe Diem, To the Ends of the Earth, Wild at Heart, and more. Wild at Heart was a TV show, not the movie. Oh, okay. We also have Dimitri Phillips, who played Stanner, the foreman for Bill Gartley. He was in Stone Cold, Gas Pump Girls, The Hollywood Knights with a K-N-I-G-H-T-S. Porn? <laughs> Sounds like it, but it's probably just like a, like a exploitation yeah. fic, flick or whatever. Um, nine seven six evil zap. He even stopped acting after this movie. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Wow. Well, he wasn't. I didn't think he was that bad. He wasn't that bad. There was worse fucking but people sh- in this movie it than that. It might have just crushed his soul. Maybe they made get this guys one point one million dollars the first week at the box office, totaling eight hundred theaters worldwide. 
and totaling out uh, $1.8 million at the box office. They spent more money on this movie than they got. That's what they call a bomb. Yeah. Oh, boy. So, Christina, what did you think of this fine piece of cinema? Well, I see why it bombed. (laughs) Dude, okay, this shit is confusing as fuck. I feel like this movie was like a theater production. <laughs> Maybe. The, you know what I mean? Because the 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 way the makeup was done, the way the sets were, uh-huh. the confusing... I don't know what time period this was. This shit was supposed to fucking be in. Because it felt like the 40s, the 30s or the 40s. Well, they were using machinery that was old, yeah. Well, not just that. And then that, the cameraman was using the old thing. Yeah, the old camera. And then they had old cars. It was current. With modern cars. And it was very... It, I didn't like that. It it, they didn't do it well. I that's know a, like, that's a Stephen King thing. That's why it's in there. Well, it's stupid. It didn't work. Okay, yeah. it okay. didn't work. <sighs> yeah, I don't even know what else. The fuck is the CGI in the beginning was so bad. It was so bad. It was like it was like TV CGI. You know what I mean? Right. It's just cheap. It didn't like. It just didn't work. Yeah, it was really just yeah. Robert England looks fucking ridiculous. Ebenezer Scrooge. He is totally Ebenezer. Any. He's not even like, he's supposed to be like this creepy old guy, too. And it was just disgusting. Hey, you know, say what you will about him. He tried. Oh, well, yeah, he tried with probably what he had and how he was directed and whatnot. Yeah. But, oh, it was just bad. It was just so bad. It was so bad. Oh, the story was bad. Is there anything that you liked about it? I want to say I like the machine, but I, f- I especially at the end. Of oh, it's iconic thing. looking. Sure. Yeah. I like, I, I mean. Th- it just looks like an OSHA hazard. Oh, totally. It just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> just looking at it, you might get hurt. Exactly. The fucking open chains on the side. <laughs> uh, it was kind of really slow in parts, too, wasn't it? I remember I mean, being yeah. bored. Is there, but is there anything that you did oh, like that, that got liked, you interested? Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> really? I felt like they were going to bust out song. Oh, my God. Like, I thought it was going to turn into a musical. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no. Okay, I gave this a two because I just can't. I just can't. Okay, all right. right. Two. What about you? I might have a little different opinion than uh, you, maybe. Oh, my God. Did you really? You didn't like this. Let's see. Let's hear it. Well, some short stories just can't be translated to movies, I think. And I think that's this case with this movie. (laughs) While I actually found the first 30 minutes of this movie to be insanely so bad it's good fare, the rest of the movie just completely falls apart into why the fuck am I watching this territory? (laughs) Right. You cling to it, hoping and praying that it could bring back any semblance of entertainment that you had in those first 30 beautiful minutes. But you've realized very quickly she's given you all she's got and you are literally just fucking the ghost of the past 30 minutes. And it's really just a limp dick with a popsicle tied to the underside to pretend that the action is still actually happening. (laughs) But in the end, you're just unsatisfied and it's in a a mildly erect penis of interest on a stick. Like who knew that after the success of a killer car in the movie Christine that you couldn't turn a laundry press... Into a scary, possessed demon worth watching at the box office. (laughs) Or at the very least, make a short story into a hundred and six minute (laughs) fucking film. That that not only failed at the box office, but somehow mustered up two fucking sequels. Are you kidding? No, I own one. The third one. Why? Yeah, one of which Lance Henriksen tie in. Oh. 
played the lead role. Oh, my God. Like the Ebenezer Scrooge role. And it's terrible. We got to watch it almost for science. <laughs> but, I mean, that's what I'm thinking anyway, because, I mean, like, do I have to delve into these sequel to try to dry hump an idea into a, a broken, dry humping popsicle stick of a dick? Like, just hoping that there's some nest egg of worth and in, in somewhere? You know what I mean? Like, there's got to be a reason this was made, because it's not for any good reasons that I've seen so far. Like, if you guys want us to watch the sequels, by the way, I'll fucking go to hell with no. you. I don't give a shit. No, you don't want us to. I kind of want to. No, I don't. Well, anyways, I think this movie wooed me into a sense of comfort in those first 30 minutes and just shit the bed, guys. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. It's not even so bad as good. Like, normally I can fucking, you know, explain away the main star has a neighbor who happens to be his brother-in-law who just also happens to not only have experience in the industrial strength laundry folding press, (laughs) but also the dark arts because he's just so quirky. (laughs) <laughs> but that's a stretch for even me. Like, seriously, like, it's hard to, to really try to paint this positively. And there's no deep cuts, by the way, in the supernatural lore whatsoever. It's just the nope. completely cliche shit. Yep, possession. And, and it's so unbelievable. Like, I know Ted Levine's character, who I had a good time watching in this movie, okay? He it gets angry and says and does a lot of weird, funny things that are, you just, it's a weird performance, but it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a performance nonetheless. You know what I mean? But him just even buying into this in his so, I hate the world and don't trust anything anybody says mm-hmm. is beyond me. Right. <laughs> I feel bad for everyone in this movie. <laughs> Ted Levine never really got a break from his acting job killer Buffalo Bill style fucking acting role that he did so well that nobody could see him in any other fucking roles. And I remember him saying this on thing. He said he wished he would have never done that role Mm -hmm. because no one would hire him because of that role that he did because they couldn't see him in any other fucking role without picturing him tucking his dick back and saying, do you love me? I'd love me. Yeah. (laughs) Robert Englund. I think he gave this character all that he could. Whether it's good or not is up to you. It's distinct, but far from any of his best performances (laughs) to date. But, you know, Cthulhu bless his little heart for trying. (laughs) Toby Hooper, my God, this probably killed his career. Right. He probably had nightmares on the way out about this movie during it, after it, maybe even had, like, visions before it. It just baffles my mind these the like there's so many talented people. Right. Exactly. Well it just goes and, to show you you can't just cram talent into a hole and then right. expect a fucking movie to be good. We know this with movies like Death House. Right. I love Kane Hodder and all of them all the best, but they're not perfect all the fucking time. Right. No one is. Right. John Carpenter's not perfect. If he's not perfect, then nobody's fucking perfect. <laughs> uh you know what I mean? Like right. I'm saying like everybody you can it takes a certain magic and it's, you know, movie making isn't just add water. That's all I'm saying. But there is light at the end of the tunnel. Like, seriously, for this movie's long fucking tunnel. It does have some pretty impressive gore in the uncut version, which is the 106 minute cut. So if you're looking for that, Screen Factory has a copy. And we watched one on Voodoo, which was confirmed to have all the gore in place, by the way, just for your, re- you know, just so you know. But aside from the good gore, there is terrible. I mean, fucking spawn levels of terrible cgi horrible terrible fucking cgi it reminded me of xena warrior princess oh it is bad they bad i don't want to tell you because it'll ruin the movie because you're gonna love it so much (laughs) (laughs) 
I, but I don't know. I've just never read the short story. I've never seen the sequels. But now I feel like I have to redeem this movie's failure by subjecting myself to anything that might be even a smidge better than this to make it better than it was. I've seen this movie before, too. And I fell for the trap again. <laughs> I fell for the trap because I remember moderately liking something about it. Uh-huh. And that's what I remember the most. Not the fact that I hated it, <laughs> that it wasn't good. I probably went to the theater. I was one of those one million bucks. <laughs> In the theater for this movie, I think. Sucker. <laughs> but yeah, I almost, I, like I said, I, I almost feel like, you know, like the thir- first 30 minutes was like, I was having such a good time with old Yeller. And then he got infected and needed to be put out, but nobody could do it. Nobody wanted to do it because he had such a good time with him for 30 minutes. And no one told him to stop playing with the dog. And so someone had to take him out back and shoot it in the head. <laughs> 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 But yeah, seriously, I, I know I may be acting like I'm all tragic. It's not that bad. Like, I can get through it. You know, it's not that bad. But it it's really disappointing because there's a lot of really good things in it. It's just hard for me to get on board fully on this one. A third of the movie ain't bad, including a few kills that made me laugh. And Ted Levine's weird performance is laughably good at being angry all the time, which just made me laugh. But it wears thin after a while. You know, it's the movie that everyone wants it to be better than it really is, I think, and why I fell for it another time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm sure there's people out there that'll go to bat for it and say it's still a better movie than you're giving it credit for. And there are people that, you know, they like the so bad it's good thing. And I, I, I feel like this has that, but it was such a bore the last, you know, hour of it. Right. I just couldn't. It was really bad, bad. and it doesn't get any better. So... I'm going to just give it 3.5 pleas of, of, of dog yelping for death out of 10. God, you're generous. I'd, I'm going to add 3.5. You know, I've seen worse and had a good promise in the beginning. Like the whole pacing and everything in the beginning was fun. They, there's a refrigerator in it that made me laugh my ass off. There's some dumb dudes in it that made me laugh even more. Right. Like it's it's I don't know. It just didn't work, I guess. Didn't and work. fucking Stephen King's upset about fucking Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> this is a way better, this is a way worse film than Maximum <laughs> Overdrive. You know what I mean? And there's some machines that are getting into, you know, to coming alive in those too. So anyway, so <laughs> you gave it a two? Two. And I gave it a 3.5. It's 2.75. It's pretty bad. Between the two of us, yeah. It's pretty bad. Heed our warning. Anyway, we do have some trivia on this that I'm going to go through. I'm sorry if I offended any of you. I'm just trying to have a little fun with it, okay? Because it was a slog of a watch last night, and I had a hard time staying awake through it, actually. <laughs> so, um, but if you don't want anything spoiled and you want to watch the movie and judge for yourself, please do, because, you know, my word is only as good as... Dog shit. Yeah, I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> Continuing on. If you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. Uh, so part of the company's name that made the folding machine is called Hadley Watson. Some people are saying that might be a reference to the sadistic captain of the guards in the Shawshank Redemption. Well, yeah, I guess all of his stories have tie-ins. Right, that's what I'm saying. So it yeah. may very well be that, you know, since he wrote that, yeah, it could very well be that's part of King's thing. Uh, there's also a gate in the background in one of the beginning scenes after Sherry initially hurts herself and cuts her hand on the clamp. Mm-hmm. It's a banner on the gate that reads, labor will set you free. What the fuck? You know what that's from? What? Auschwitz. Oh, my God. Yeah. Up. So that's kind of dark. Yeah. I, you know, wow. I'm, I'm wondering, you know, if this was sort of like 
I don't know if the story is any good that that Stephen King wrote, but maybe this is like sort of a a a nod, a comparison to you know some pretty unsavory things uh-huh. to the workforce in America. Well, yeah, you know. There's always been problems. But you shouldn't really compare that to it, you know, yeah. kind of thing. But I'm just saying, maybe it's like a really bad interpretation of that. Yeah. Or it could have been maybe the, the, the people who made the movie that decided to put that in there. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Uh, Jim Cummings, the voice of the iconic characters such as Winnie the Pooh, Tigger, Darkwing Duck, Pete, and Ed the Hyena, Ray the Firefly, Hondo Onaka, Dr. Robotnik, and a variety of other animated characters provided the vocal effects for the titular machine and was glad to get work from the director, (laughs) Toby Hooper. Okay. He did the screaming and all that stuff. Oh, that's weird. Mm Mm-hmm. He was a fan of Toby Hooper, too. That's why he did it. Oh. But he did so much of it that they put strain on his throat. By making the mangler noises and oh, the quality no. of film itself wasn't worth, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Not his fucking career. His, yeah, because that's his voice. Right. Oh, and, and another funny thing about that is that he, Tim Cummings actually said that his name is misspelled on the movie. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. In the end credits. <laughs> and as he said, it was funny because it meant that he got paid to do a bad film and no one would even know he had been involved. Yeah, I guess it's a good thing. <laughs> well, joke's on you, Tim. Fuck you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, we found you out. We know. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, that's all I got for uh, extras. It, it just was a failed movie. Probably a little bit of a two of a wild story to pick out of his catalog of fucking movies. Yeah. But they probably got to the rights to it pretty easily. And they, yeah, because it was so bad. Right. It's just you would think that the movie would get better as it went on. No, it just got worse. Yeah, it really did. And it's just like Ted Levine is amped up the whole fucking time. Yeah. And boy, I mean, he Ready has some moments in it that I'm like, oh, I really like how he talks. <laughs> You know, like, he's always got that deep voice thing going uh-huh. on. And the whole fucking, like, refrigerator fighting scene uh-huh. was fucking great. Oh, the icebox? Yeah, and some of the, the picture man stuff. Like, the picture man where the guy's taking pictures of him and the whole camaraderie between them. Even though it made no goddamn sense whatsoever. Right. was kind of redeemable a little bit, you know? Yeah, I guess there were some scenes. but It just wished that they would have covered it more and why. And I guarantee you, it probably makes more sense in the short story. Robert England, bless his heart. Not not a good it's he has some like moments in there where you're like, Okay, I can see him putting in his extra stuff. Yeah. When he does his legs and stuff. Yeah. He throws in a few lines that are very Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh that are very also kind of sleazy too, because well this character is too. He but, is a sleazy guy. Yeah, he's gross. He like fucks this girl because he's got money. And he makes her like undress and stuff, and then she goes to the dark side afterwards, right? <laughs> So, yeah, she could be his little minion. Yeah, because she wants money. She's inspired by money, mm-hmm. and he knows it. Uh, do you want to talk about some scenes that we uh, liked in this movie or in depth a little bit? Well, the first time... You said the, you liked the speed iron, the big old laundry machine. So the so when the old lady falls into the speed iron, that was very dramatic. I don't know why the fuck she dropped her pills. <laughs> Dude. And the fuck, her antacids. Yeah, and that's the other thing. I was thinking, like, how the hell does it suck her in? Yeah, exactly. Because it, all it does is suck in sheets and shit. They, it's like they're they're pushing themselves on it. Like, oh, no, I'm falling on it. Oh, no, no I'm oh. being swallowed. Oh, stop pushing my legs. <laughs> Like, there's even a guard, but, you know, it's alive, so it's, like, chomping down on her, and it, it just it just looked 
like it was not believable. It looked like Looney Tunes. You know what I mean? It looked like a Looney Tunes like cartoon. Right. It, it's hard to try to make that look scary. Like reasonable. Right. <laughs> like real. Yeah. When you're just like, oh, no, why am I stuck yelling when you can completely get out of it? Right. And then they, they tried to talk their way out of it not having a safety bar. Right. Like, and you're like, Well, no, that's that's whatever. that's actually because the, the, the sheriff was in cahoots with the... the right, because... The Gartley guy, because... Later, later, you find, later on, you find out it's like a demon and it needs souls. You have to feed right. it. And part of the reason Sheriff is buying in on it is because Gartley owns the town because he's made so much money because he's made the pact with the devil with this machine to make him successful. And because he did it, he's paying the whole town. It's a small town. It's one of those stories where he owns the whole town because he's what keeps him alive. So the sheriff has to keep him happy or he's going to get fired and everyone in the town is going to pay for it. Right. So and he, he just plays along. Its, he has to feed its souls so he can stay rich. Right. And nobody questions anything about fucking people getting sucked into the machine. Mm-hmm. The sheriff just runs interceptions yep. for any problems that like occur. Yep. The, oh, it was an accident. Oh. Yeah. Well, it looks like the bar's working. Must be an accident. Gotta chalk it up to that. Yeah, stupid old lady. Followed yeah. into her fucking machine. Would you fuck me? <laughs> <laughs> That was gross. Of course, Hunton, the sheriff, you know, he always feels like something's up and he knows he he knows everything because he knows the world is a scummy place. Right. And his attitude shows that. Yeah. Like right off the bat, too, when uh, he's driving around like an asshole and then uh, he what runs into the truck, which is what does he call him? What does he call him? I don't remember. You fucking yahoos. Yeah. You fucking dingbats! And then he throws, like, I'm a cop, like, in their face. And they drop the the fridge on him. Yeah. The same fridge, by the way, that was dropped on the girl who cut her hand in the beginning mm-hmm. is the same fridge that bumps into him in his town, like, coincidentally. Because, you know, there's oh, because, way too many coincidences yeah, in this movie. Yeah, because the icebox is now possessed because it touched the mangler. Right. Oh, that's what I was going to say. He, John Hunton, goes to see the old lady's mess because she got sucked in there. Mm-hmm. And it's really funny how she gets crushed. Like, we we were laughing about it. And everybody's like, oh, my God. And they're all like, like everyone is crying for like a half hour in this movie. <laughs> like, the whole time, just like crying outside, crying on inside, crying, 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 crying. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was it? Uh, they go to the end. And it's funny because, like, Ted Levine's character, the detective, he's like, oh, you're it's gross, huh? You don't want me to see. Okay. And he goes at the end and he pukes. <laughs> like he thinks it and he can't go back in there. Because he asked the foreman, Stanners, he's like, hey, I need you to show me uh, what happened. Can you run me through this or something? He's like, do I have to? And he's like, yeah, you have to. <laughs> I like your voice. Yeah. it's There's like a swagger, uh, this angry sort of let's get it over with kind of swagger about uh-huh. his character play in this movie, which I thought was fun. <laughs> but yeah, let's talk about the fucking, uh, the ice box. So this kid like was playing hide and seek or something. He gets stuck in that ice box and he suffocates and dies. Yeah. Which is an old story from it's a, it's a, I'm well, not saying that it hasn't happened, but it is, a, is a one of those like urban legends? Yeah, but it does happen though. Which sure. Kind of sad. Unless you're Indiana Jones and then it saves you from a nuclear blast. Oh, yeah, then so. it's okay. But and you can go flipping like out. seven miles down the road. <laughs> Which is actually a really good... <gasps> I would totally do that. <laughs> that would be the first thing I'd think of. Oh, shit, i got to get the fridge. 
Yeah. The bomb's going off. I got to get the fridge. No, it wouldn't help you with the Diday's fridge. Those were made out of iron. Oh, that's right. The old Dang fridges. It. Yeah. God damn it. But yeah, Indiana. the kid the kid dies, and it's weird. I don't know why they 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 did a lot of fucking makeup on him. Yeah, they made him all crusty. He looked like he was some old dude just <laughs> sitting there. I didn't know what it was androgynous. Yeah. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> just like why are they putting makeup on this kid i thought he was going to come back to life or something right like why don't you or was it just a, a fake zombie. body or something like what was it i don't i don't know it's weird but anyway yeah so then the detective shows up with that what was his name mark who's like the spiritualist yeah who goes along guy. with him for all these rides yeah and they oh uh, he's just a student <laughs> so they open up the ice box and there's birds in there right and there's a, a a pigeon and it's alive. But there's so, like three dead ones in yeah, there too. Yeah, there's three dead ones, which I thought was kind of cool too. It's like sucking in whatever it can to kill. But anyway, he puts his hand in there to grab the alive pigeon. And then the fucking thing. Bites him. And like it slams on him, his hand really quick. And, and it gets like, really serious. Yeah, and they're like, what the fuck? Yeah, like there's a police officer, a woman there who lost her child. And then... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that part was funny. Mark gets free and then fucking... Ted Levine's character, Hunton, he grabs a fucking sledgehammer and starts tearing it apart, like hitting it and smashing it. And like, I'm like, wow, like I'm thinking what that lady who lost her child in there, she was like, wow, he really cares, you know? (laughs) But really, he's just lost his mind because he doesn't have room in his imagination for this cockamamie bullshit that Mark talks about all the time. Yeah, about being possessed. Possessed or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So he started beating the shit out of it. And all of a sudden, the fucking like a whirlwind of spirits come out of it. It, almost, it was all of a sudden turning like Ghostbusters and shit. Right, very yeah, much it really so. Was and I thought that was a really cool scene. Like I really that 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 made it seem like things were going to get really wild if that's where it's happening now. Yeah, and that was pretty much it. Yeah, <laughs> that was like the the that's the disappointing thing of the movie, and then it it was just it was just shit from there. Right. Yeah. Well, no, wait, 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 wait. Let's bring that back. There is one more part towards the end. There. You know, they're at the machine. Well, we're going to jump right to the end, though. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean, go ahead if you want to, but I thought there was other stuff we could talk about. Is there anything? Is there? Well, there's that scene with the old guy, the the the, the fucking... Well, oh, the Ted the Levine talks to the mortician guy, and somehow they take... The, the old woman got folded like laundry, dude. She was just, <laughs> they carried her out in a fucking basket, he said. And he goes there, and the fucking mortician magically has sewn her together to make her look like a human being again and filled her. He's like, You don't want to know what I filled her with. And he's like, No, don't, just don't fucking tell me. <laughs> I sound like Jimmy Stewart, you but. You kind of do, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> every time a bell rings. <laughs> Listen, Doc, Doc. Anyway, so, uh, <laughs> uh, fucking, whose life is it anyway? What is it? Is it? It's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life, whatever. Whose life is it anyway? That's a good name, movie. That's the same thing, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where I'm getting that from. Whose line is it anyway? Hold you down. Oh, wait, no, not that song. I was thinking of the, the House on Fire song. Never mind, anyway. Anyway, so he goes to the mortician, and I thought it was really cool how he had this bag woman with, like, 18 million sutures in it, and he's just got Schmucker's grandma all over the front of him, <laughs> which I thought was cool, and I didn't realize it was the same guy as the picture man. Uh-huh. Who uses that old kid. You know, I use my old camera, Johnny. Right. It's a good camera. It takes good pictures. Me and you got memories together with this big camera. 
because he's been to all the accident scenes. Right. He's like, sometimes I wonder, you know, later on you meet the picture man and he's like bumps into him in the after leaving the mortician thing. And he's like, yeah, Johnny, how you doing, buddy? I, uh, you know, I got those pictures that uh, I'm going to get to you later. We'll get them at tonight. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, it's like, how about you come down and finish that old game of what was it? bridge that we had uh, going before? I don't even know. And he was like, yeah, no, I got to go out of here. And I fucking, <laughs> and he's like, sometimes I wonder if you don't care about me, Johnny. <laughs> and he's like, no, nah, I just hate everybody. <laughs> And then uh, he listens. She's like, you doing all right? He's like, well, I'm going to die. It's like the sad thing. But it's like nobody knows who this character is and why he's in there. So you can't be sad. Well, I'm wondering if it's like, if he's like a metaphor for something. Like, is that the picture man a metaphor for something? I didn't get that. Because he dies and he tells him, I got a a special thing for you, Johnny. Yeah. (laughs) Go to the basement and get my special thing after he pukes up blood and dies in front of him. Yeah, that was pretty creepy it's like why is the sentimental bit in there it doesn't make sense See, to me he was just a stepping stone to to say like what's really going on right so like, he's as good he as was, he's yeah. as good as a post-it note exactly that's exactly what he is he's a, <laughs> he's a living note. breathing bridge playing heart and lung problem having post-it note right who we'll talks about we'll, johnny we'll throw in a dramatic death in there yeah it just goes to show you how cold fucking Hunton is, you know, like, because he's just, just so obsessed with his work that he doesn't have time for friends or anything. And that's why he's just so unhappy with everything well, in his life. He's also unhappy because his wife died. Oh, yeah, I guess that so, could be part you know, of it. So, you know, he's probably just given up on everybody. And that's why he just hates everybody. It's true. They do try to, there like, come to a conclusion that they're going to exercise the demons. From the machine, and they go in, they break into the machine, and fucking Ebenezer Scrooge comes down, and the fucking, what was it? The minion, the chick minion. Yeah, she gets thrown in there while they're trying to do this exorcism, and then, and then... It was so funny because they were using like crosses and shit on the this huge. Oh ass yeah, machine. well that was afterwards. And they, but, oh. yeah, they, the girl folds in. Ebenezer Scrooge, so I keep calling him that. Gr- Gartley gets upset. And he's like, no, and he has this moment where he's spread legged, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have his crutches, so he like clicks them up together, and then hobbles over to the machine. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, Robert. <laughs> And then uh, he goes to the back of the machine where she got fold- she's getting folded up like laundry mm-hmm. and fucking John Hunton punches him in the mm-hmm. face. And then the machine grabs him and holds him down and folds his legs up in the back of the machine. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't get flattened. He just gets the bottom half of his legs yeah, folded. folded up, which goes to show you that no matter what you think, any deal with the devil ain't going to fucking go through the way you think. You know, oftentimes your legs are going to get folded like laundry. Just like your girl. Oh, my God. Learn your lessons. Gigantic eye roll. Uh, so that's when they start doing the exorcism thing. And he's John Hutton throwing the cross at the fucking thing. And he's reading the Bible. He's like, our father, the one in heaven, <laughs> lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For God is the, you know, while the yeah. other guy's reading some Latin scripture uh-huh. from the most cliche book of fucking whatever. <laughs> And they're both going at it like they're exorcists. 
And he's just chucking shit in it. That was funny. (laughs) And that's when the fucking machine explodes, comes to life, has no legs, but uses its arms to drag itself down this like fucking. Right. That's when it it came to life. That was so ridiculous. If it was eating people on the way down, maybe it might have been a better, better, interesting thing. Right. But they just kind of gloss over it. Yeah. It wasn't a big deal. It should have been. I forget how it fucking ends. Okay, let me explain the ending. How did they so, get out? So Mark dies. It kills Mark. And then Oh, that's right. It rips his rips him in half. Yeah, like really quick. And then uh Lucas the, the CGI, the bad CGI rips him in half. Lucas That's how bad it was. And then the detective and the the niece, they crawl out like a sewer thing and they get out and they he takes Sherry, I think that was her name, to the hospital. Drops and her off. They wouldn't let her see her. They would the the doctor wouldn't let him see Sherry at the hospital. So he had to wait till she was better. Right. And he brings her flowers the next at, day. Yeah, or goes, however many days he, later. He, they, he goes back to that laundromat or whatever it was to bring her flowers. And guess what? She's the new Ebenezer Scrooge, and she's got a form that almost looks exactly like the other guy. Yep. Doing all the same things that Eb... That talking fucking, like him and everything. Yeah, talking just like Robert Englund's fucking Gottly. Right. Fucking stupid. Yeah, it was kind of... Cheesy as fuck. Yeah. Not a good ending. And then and then I bet what happened is the detective left. He left town. He probably killed himself. <laughs> he just... You should laugh at like Jesus that. Christ. I wasn't expecting you to see Dude, that. I mean... He puts his like, head in the ice box and I let it like chop his I head. I fucking give up. I was... I, that's how I'm... I'm like, fuck this. I give up. He <laughs> like, goes home. He fucking tapes a bunch of M80s around his neck. Yep, yep. And then he sticks and his head in like, the ice box. Fuck this and shit. And fucking lights the triggers. Yeah, just let it... Just let it take him. Pop, 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 pop. And yep. he's dead. Can't escape the devil. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you can't escape that devil. I can't believe they made sequels. And uh, I know I've never seen them. So wow. I am very curious. I have the Reborn because I think we got it at some place. I don't know where Will we, we get got Dollar it. Tree. <laughs> no, no, no. It was at like. Um, or we get like the Zia, like the, the Zia dollar bucket. I don't know where it was, Christina, but it was, I mean, it was, it was probably like that, a secondhand store or something. Yeah. Calm down. I'm just kidding. You shut the fuck up. <laughs> But I kind of want to watch the other ones. I mean, you guys are probably sick fucks and want maybe, us to do it anyway. Maybe we should watch it for a watch party next month. Yeah, it would be great if it was on fucking... Oh, never mind. You want everybody to pay money to watch the movie? No. Okay. Never mind. Fuck you. I won't give you any more ideas. I think we need to get the second movie, though. We don't even have the first. I don't want to get the first. I want to. Okay. I mean, now I have to own it because we, I have the third we'll one. We'll watch it. We do not need to buy it. We'll we have just, enough look at movies. All, all we need movies. to do is get the second movie in, on DVD. No, we don't. And no, then, we don't. We can watch it. I can't believe they're selling The Mangler for 20 actually. Oh my God. I don't know. It, you know, to each their own. If you like it, that's fine. I mean, you can still... I can find enjoyment out of some pretty fucking crazy things. So I'm sure there's people out there that can. Mm-hmm. No big deal. You know? No big deal. But it is kind of a letdown. I don't think it's the worst movie I've ever seen. It's just entertaining to talk shit about. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Some movies are. I don't know what it is. I I still respect everybody that made the movie. Everybody was in the movie. All the stuff. Right. You know, I feel bad for Toby Hooper a little bit because that's what killed his career. It did it really? I mean, he did other stuff after that. It just wasn't the same. Take out. It didn't take off. Yeah, it just wasn't the same, man. What's that? So, but yeah, what do you guys think? Are we assholes? Should we be shot in the back? Should we put out back and shot like old yeller? Or <laughs> are we foaming at the mouth? Like what's going on? I don't know. Where, Where are my am pants? I? Why do I have diarrhea? 
Well, I'm going to go watch Halloween Kills. Oh, well, I'm going to go stream. Yeah. Pay some back for blood. Yeah. You guys won't be there for that because I'm telling you on a Monday and this is Saturday. <laughs> but anyway, guys, thank you so much for coming by. We hope you're enjoying Vo- Voidtober. We hope uh, if, if you listen to the end here, Voidtober is life. That is the secret password for this week. And don't forget, we're going to be watching The Exorcist Director's Cut as well as The Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 1978. Well, thank you guys so much for coming by. And as always, Long live the Void.